0: Hey, welcome to this week's Gig News, starring me, Chad gay Economist, my co-host Hannibal's Hungry in Brooklyn. How you doing, man?
1: Doing fantastic. How are you doing on this lovely Sunday evening? Good. I'm drinking another one
0: of those uh, Torch and Crown beers I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. This one's called Sway. It's like a wheat, American wheat beer.
1: Oh, how Sway.
0: that was from uh, did you ever watch that cartoon Batman Beyond I heard of it don't remember watching too much of it yeah that was like it takes place like you know way in the future and like they have all these like slang words that they made up I remember like sway was like their way of saying cool
1: (laughs) awesome All
0: right, we got a lot to get to tonight but you know what there's always time for uh, banter so any uh, funny, interesting stories from the road or from the home? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: no, actually, this, I only have one dog right now. This is the, probably the, probably the smallest amount of dogs I've ever had this whole summer, so I will be back on the road since all of the you know everyone is going back to work, and it, Labor Day, I always feel like Labor Day is like the last day of summer. So I'm hmm. going to be back on the road because you know I got to make money somehow. So,
0: oh wow! So you're actually going to be doing deliveries again?
1: I, uh-huh. I I I made a good amount of money this summer, to be honest. But I don't want to just sit back and use up that money. So I want to keep the income flowing. So you know, before you know, I, I'm going to keep you know doing the Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub because I have all of them and Instacart. I got I got I have them all.
0: It's funny cuz I've this whole week or the week that just passed plus this week coming up I'm doing like 100% lift driving cuz they're offering me $1800 guaranteed for 120 rides which comes up to $15 a ride if I give 12 rides a day. That's $180 a day or $900 a week and like like so far I'm at like I'm halfway to my goal and like I'm definitely averaging way below $15 a ride. Yeah. So I'm going to get like a pretty sweet bonus. And I think like I might make a video, like as soon as I hit that 120 rides, I'm going to email Lyft and say, please deactivate my account. Cause I don't want to <laughs> do this anymore.
1: Yeah. I think from the very beginning you, you were like not feeling it. You were like, this is, this is the absolute worst thing ever.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I will definitely be making a video, um, revisiting Rideshare, like doing Rideshare versus delivery, which is better. And, I'm going to be on uh, the Rideshare Rodeo podcast. Uh, You know, Steve Johnson, he was on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, So I will be on his podcast. It will drop Tuesday. And basically we're going to talk about um, me returning to Rideshare. And, uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Nice. All right. So we got a lot to to get to. A lot, a lot, a lot. We (laughs) We got four DoorDash stories in a row, and none of them are good. So, in fact, I think you already covered this, but you know what's one more thing? Yeah, DoorDash workers protest outside CEO Tony shoes' home, demanding better pay, tip transparency, and PPE. Well, I don't think he keeps masks and gloves at his house. Uh, <laughs> so this Very this funny. is this is from tech, TechCrunch dot com. Uh, California DoorDash workers outside the home. Blah blah blah. Uh, you know, a group of about fifty DoorDash workers. Who are affiliated with advocacy advocacy groups, We Drive Progress and Gig Workers Driving, traveled caravan down the front of Shoes Home in Pacific Heights, uh, neighborhood of San Francisco. They demand that DoorDash pro- provide transparency for tips and 120% of minimum wage, around $17 per hour, stop unfair deactivations and provide free personal protective equipment as well as adequate pay for a car and equipment sanitizing. Um, again, as always, links to everything in the uh, show notes. Whoops. Uh, I think you you made a video covering this, right?
1: Yeah, it was interesting. I didn't know anything about this uh, until like the middle of the day. I don't know if I was on either a Reddit group or a Facebook group, but I popped it, you know, I saw one message saying, Oh, there's a bunch of dashes going to Tony's house. And I was just was kind of thrown back because, you know, we think you know me and you are should be on top of the news of, you know, the gig news. And I had no idea. Then there were a lot of other publications covering it. So I was like, I guess we just it just flew over our heads. And it seemed like it was more of a local story. It was people who live near San Francisco who live in San Francisco that knew where Tony lived. And obviously it was a big performative thing, right? It's a message image going to the going to Tony's house and telling people how they feel. Or, you know. And a few things I noticed. And I said in the video, I like I like Tony's house. It looks really nice. But mm-hmm. the second thing, a lot of what they were saying, um, didn't have a lot of inspiring speeches, I don't think, you know, like a lot of people were just not very um just seemed like there was an issue with how they wanted to come across of what they wanted, what they needed for Tony in terms of DoorDash. A lot of them seem like, and a lot of people Pedro has mentioned this as well, is they're looking for employees. It seems like that's, that's what they want to do. They want to be employees. So, you know, if anything's going to happen, is anything going to be like really done in terms of changing anything? I just, I just don't think so. I don't think so at all.
0: I can hear a door closing oh, yeah. in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, the thing is, I do you think protesting at somebody's house kind of crosses a line? Like I, I think at best it's just like kind of in bad taste or crass. Like you know, you, you should protest at the headquarters or the office or whatever. Going to somebody's house and I would think this dude would live in a gated community. It's like how they get through the gates, you know? Or I guess he just lives you know, in an I open think, I neighborhood.
1: But Tony's Tony's image he wants to be like one like a regular guy. Just the way you see his interviews, the way he speaks, he's not trying to to flaunt the wealth or anything. I think that's his angle. So him trying to live like with the rest of the Bay Area people just... Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. He's a billionaire. He shouldn't be there. Um, but I think of what happened in 2020 is the way everyone is so... The way they want to practice in terms of protesting, this is the norm now. This is a new normal. People are going to go to people's houses. Um, they're going to react in this type of way. So it didn't surprise me at all because we saw all of the riots that happened in the summertime. I mean churches were burned, uh police departments were burned like you know destroyed, people were breaking into everything. So those it it shouldn't surprise us or anyone that Tony's house would be, you know, like his his neighbors and everyone would be harassed because people think that Tony's an evil person, they think that he is taking advantage of people. So
0: Yeah, and I I kind of agree what you were saying before and I I saw this on other um podcasts or twitter or somewhere is that people people are saying it's like when when you protest and you want like minimum wage and stuff as soon as you say minimum wage this is just a w-2 employee mindset and that if you're truly an independent contractor is that you know you don't petition for wages and and like guaranteed you know
1: Stipends it, for gas, like they were saying, those yeah, are a, lot of, a lot of different things uh, yeah, they, they want to be employees, they want to be, paid. yeah, these people
0: they want to be employees. And actually, going back to Steve from Rideshare Rodeo, what he said when he was here a couple of weeks ago, and what he's continually said on his show is, um, if you ask for a minimum wage, whatever your minimum wage, whatever the ceiling is, it's also going to be the, the floor, or vice versa. So it's like your minimum wage is going to be. Your maximum wage. There's no incentive at all for them to pay you more than what the law says that they have to pay you. You know, they can tweak the algorithm to say you only get one, two deliveries an hour, something like that. Yeah. And it, it, they also say, you know, you need to think of it as if we're truly an independent contractor. Then DoorDash, Instacart, Grubhub, Uber, Lyft—they're not your employer. They're your customer, and your customers always going to try to screw you. And, uh, so why in the world, like with 85 and the pro act and things like this, is that you want to take like your worst customer and turn them into your boss. And that's just kind of ludicrous or just, you know, uh, not logically consistent in my opinion. So do you agree with that or?
1: Yeah, I believe it's it's also it seemed very desperate, especially one of the speakers I saw. And I, I didn't hear all of the speakers, but the way he was explaining how he couldn't pay his rent. He had issues with his gas. He was having a lot of problems. You can tell that he's suffering and he thinks, you know, DoorDash is the cause of all his problems. Tony is the cause of all his problems. And unfortunately, you know, I think Pedro had a really good comment in his video responding to the situation is that. You got to look inward. Got to take some level of, of you know, what, what Uncle Ben says. When are we going to be accountable for our actions? We need to be accountable to the idea that if if things are just not working out with DoorDash, that you got to find something else. You're gonna have to find another app or find it the market. But the idea that you're gonna force Tony to make, you know, to pay more money, which they don't need to. They have so many dashes outside. They don't need to pay anyone more money. Uh, so it, it, it's it's a lost cause, I think. But, you know, people protest for many different things. And, you know, maybe this is something that, you know, Tony, I know Tony does not, don't want to look like he is being a, a, a bad guy, considering, you know, one of the speakers did say that he's, you know, he's, he is an immigrant. He did work. He did work in restaurants. He is interesting. When he first started DoorDash, he was a dasher. Now, how many dashes he were doing? You know, who knows? But he was dashing. So this idea, that he, he should have some idea if someone is getting, Two, three, four dollar offers all day that you cannot make enough money. Like he understands, he has to understand that. But he's not looking to. He's not looking in that direction. He's looking towards you know growth. He wants to grow the company as, as fast as possible. So the money is not going to the labor. It's going to go to advertisements and marketing and going to different markets.
0: Sorry, I'm on mute here. <laughs> I've been uh, making a, an effort of muting my mic when I'm not talking. Um. Mm-hmm. George Robinson, new uh, commenter. Drivers aren't independent, though. Go do contract work for any real company, and you will be required to carry insurance and bonds, etc. Gig workers aren't required anything except personal insurance. And like, well, that's even that is only in certain states, and a lot of people, yeah. If you don't have like rideshare insurance or delivery insurance, some kind of addendum to your auto policy, is you know you're just playing with fire. So. Yeah,
1: if you are, I'm not. I'm not mm-hmm. talking. Um, this is not advice or anything, but if you are in a certain place and you need like you Uber, eats, Uber wants you to send them some kind of personal insurance, do not tell the insurance company you need it for that reason that 's all mm-hmm. I'm going to say just say don 't say that <laughs> They're, they' they expecting you to pay they do not want to pay you should not be doing personal insurance while working in your vehicle they they, they do not like that mm-hmm. even rapify well, stuff like that they don 't like that at all. Yeah, let's uh, let's
0: move on. We got a lot to get to. So, and actually, this one is uh, from your hometown here. Watch delivery drivers wade through waist-high flooded streets during Storm Ida, and this was this was from a a, of TikTok that went viral of I guess it was a GrubHub driver on the bike um, making a delivery, and so New York and New Jersey faced record-breaking flood conditions on Wednesday night, and I mean there there isn't much to say other than that. So. Um, did this affect you at all? Like, was that in, in your neighborhood? Or yeah,
1: yeah. So I did not go out that night because it was it was, it was Smart. crazy. <laughs> um, I did do something stupid. I I sold something on eBay, and I need I I knew I wasn't gonna have time the next day to to put it anywhere. So I, I went and drove to a Dropbox around where the water was just pouring. Cr- like it was kind of bizarre how much water coming down. It was the most unusual like rainstorm we ever had. And the thing is about even that particular driver or uh, the dude on this e-bike. Those dudes are outside every day, no matter what weather it is. Like in the snow and the rain, these dudes out there grinding. And I can see why people think like, why did DoorDash continue to allow orders to come in during that kind of situation? And I think Grandpa made it stop, but don't quote me on it, I'm not sure. But they should have a better idea of hey, this is a, a really crazy weather event happening. No, everyone get out of the road. Don't continue to have orders, shut everything down. So I know it, it looks bad on DoorDash's perspective. because uh, people don't go out there and make money. Because one thing about New York, I don't know if it's similar in different markets. When it rains, when it rains, you make money. You get all the surges, everything yeah. comes up, you make money. I don't know if it how it works in different markets, but So people are going to go outside, and you gotta stop people from sometimes from making you know like an error of being outside destroying your bike. Those are Mm -hmm. electric scooters in you know three feet of water, I don't know how they're able to work the next day. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, definitely do not
0: dash or deliver or drive or whatever when the water is that deep. And it's funny because when it comes to rain and flooding, is that's like the only time. Or the south can kind of rip on the north, like I'm here in Orlando, obviously, and it rains all the time, and we have had hurricanes come through here since I've been here. But you also get just, like, really torrential rainstorms every once in a while. And I've had to have the splash guard on my car replaced three or four times since I've gotten it, because, like, it'll rain, and it'll, like, the flood, like, flash flood, like, where it'll just get maybe six, eight inches deep or something it's like, you know, halfway up the tire. It's You can still drive, but it's just really not safe. And there's been so many times where I've been driving. I remember giving an Uber ride a few years ago. Just this torrential, you know, intense rainstorm, thunder, lightning, water. is probably about six, eight inches deep. And this lady is in the back the whole time just, like, texting like it's nothing, you know. And I'm giving really? her a ride into the suburbs, and like we have these speed humps everywhere. Like there's speed bumps, speed humps, and speed tables and there's these speed humps everywhere and it's raining and like just go o- going over them and like it just takes out my um the the splash guard on the on my car and I've had to have that replaced so many times. So um and let's let's continue with the uh the flood news. So um let me see, go back here. A New York City food delivery worker who rode for an hour through Hurricane Ida says he earns $5 for the job. And this is a different picture. This this is a lot shallower water than the one that we just saw. And I think, and the you know, I'm going to close that and move on to the next one. Is this one, Um, not that one. All right, I lost the story. But apparently AOC, Alexander Ocasio-Ortiz, if I said her name right, She's looking for um, the 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 gig worker in that TikTok video that went vi- viral um, because the, the guy who sold that picture to the local news he got like seventeen hundred dollars for it. And he wants to track down the driver and give him the money for um, you know licensing that that picture or the video or whatever. Yeah. So I don't think they found him yet. I think the one I just showed that was a different that was a different person. But um, yeah, I mean. I would take the $1,700. I don't know if that would make it have worth it.
1: And a a lot of it, too, I'll be honest. It's probably with many people who who live here. It surprised us. You know, we deal with rain and we, you know, but the idea it will come that fast, uh, that quickly, that much. I mean, people died. Here, which is very unusual. People don't die from flooding in New York City in the northeast necessarily. Yeah, it's so like thirteen
0: it, people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. People that were in illegal dwellings, uh basement apartments, you know, that's not real apartments where they basically drowned mm. because they couldn't get out fast enough. So it, it was it was crazy. And you know, that, that person hopefully gets the money. Um, but there were thousands and thousands of dudes on e-bikes busting their ass every night, working crazy shifts. Most of them, they said there's language barriers. A lot of them are immigrants, probably top dashers, uh, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are probably Grubhub, whatever, Premier, whatever Grubhub is, where they're just taking these orders and they're they working hard. So um, I think the bad, the only bad, well, a lot of bad things about the story, but the fact that uh, these companies should have turned off the app when they realized that this was happening. Dep-
0: I'm wondering, though, if they have the ability, because, like, you know they're all the way in San Francisco. I don't. I don't think they have somebody who's watching the weather in like every single city. Well, I mean, good. I guess they could like get like have some kind of algorithm to monitor, you know, the weather, uh, NOAA or something like that. You know, like if it's officially flooding somewhere or. Uh, let's. Sarah Elizabeth said, "Yeah, if we get a hurricane, these apps shut down for us." But yeah, but like a hurricane is a little different. I mean. I think well when you had that hurricane come through Hurricane Ida, was it still a hurricane at time or was it just like a tropical storm, so I thought it was going yeah, more it, towards long Island,
1: yeah, I don't think and you it, just got yeah it wasn't it was I don't think it was hurricane level yeah uh, but it was something that we got it was basically we got a warning i've re- we received those kind of flash flood, but then it went like flash flood emergency warning, and you know it takes sometimes it takes like something like this to happen to when. Maybe uh, this ha- if something happens similar to- again, that we kind of wise up because there's a lot of cars in the street that had to basically they just left a car in the middle of the street, couldn't couldn't move it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: All right, well, let's move on. We still got more Grubhub news. So this is this is a, another TikTok video that went viral. At least, this is slightly good news, folks. So this is from the Daily Dot. Um, Customer leaves cash tip for a parent DoorDash driver with a viral note. Tip $6 online. Here's extra just in case. And I don't have the video, apparently. I mean, but you saw you see these three, three screenshots here. That's pretty much all you need to see is that, you know, a TikTok user filmed themselves giving a cash tip to a DoorDash worker. Because they heard, like, DoorDash steals tips. Like, it says right here, Heard DoorDash is stealing tips. Tip six dollars online. Here is extra just in case. Thanks. Yeah. Um I have gotten cash tips at the door. They're pretty rare. I'd say like maybe one out of every one hundred deliveries, you get a cash tip. It's also I usually get them more on like Instacart and Corner Shop and stuff like that. Not so much on food delivery. Because it like it's a lot easier to go like to contact a customer and go above and beyond doing grocery shopping as opposed to food delivery especially like if they start adding stuff like hey can you get oh i forgot to get this can you add this can you can you add this and I'm like oh you're killing me smalls um yeah so i'm i'm actually surprised that this video went viral i mean it's not especially funny or is it just i think like tiktokers have a an a very kind of anti corporate bent to them or something i don't know yeah
1: Oh, well, i would assume so. You're, and this is kind of a positive thing to get people to understand that there's some issues with the DoorDash app and tipping, and we're not sure if we're getting the full tip because, you know, obviously they're hiding tips. Um, DoorDash has a history of literally stealing the tips and, and manipulating the situation. So, I, you know, it's good that these kind of things that are happening. Uh, you know, I, you're like just like you, I don't normally – I didn't normally get a whole lot of cash tips, Interesting enough, I did get more cash tips on DoorDash than ever on Uber Eats, but that's probably just my individual experience. But yeah, you know, TikTok is a whole different world, and I I don't have TikTok on my phone. I don't understand it. Um, I know it's a big deal. I know Gig Life is killing it on TikTok. Uh, Dimples on Demand had a million do- a million view video on TikTok, so people know that uh, uh, gig, some gig are doing pretty well with it. I just I, I don't understand it.
0: Mm. All right, we still got one more piece of DoorDash news, and this is actually from my Twitter account. Which, if you're not following, you should be. So I'm gig underscore tube on Twitter, and these three screenshots were sent to me from John Michaelian. Uh So thanks, John, for the the screenshots. Nice. Which actually, you did a uh, uh, like a two-hour uh, interview with him like uh, last week. So, and actually, he's going to be a guest on my show in a couple weeks. So, nice. Anyway, so he sent me these screenshots. And if you look closely at them, it says, includes DoorDash pay and customer tip. It does not say, you know, total may be higher or whatever. These are pretty nice payouts. Um, you know, almost 10 bucks. I mean, the mileage is a little high on some of them, but... Um, I mean, I don't know the area, but it they would seem to be worth it. And so the question is, was this... I, I, there's a, As far as I can tell, there's only two options. Either this was a glitch, or... An experiment, like they're trying a pilot program of some sorts? What do you think, glitch or experiment or something else?
1: Um, Probably an experiment that turned into a glitch. but <laughs> uh, Definitely something that they're trying to do something uh, with how they know we want this. We want to know the full payout. And the DoorDash app, I actually I made a, a poll them earlier today. What's your like? What's the app that gives you the least problems? And obviously, from well, the big three, right, Grubhub, Uber Eats, and uh, DoorDash. DoorDash is way behind. Of like, it was like twelve percent. Mm-hmm. I forgot the. I don't have the information on me. But the DoorDash app is so bad for a for a technology company. It's 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 getting kind of really silly. It just you know it's getting you know every week now we have to anticipate. Especially when something is either really busy or a weird Tuesday, what an apple just not work, and you're stuck holding the bag literally of someone's food. Uh, certain orders you didn't get all your, your full payouts. It's just happening too often. And when you look at the news about DoorDash, has yeah, something negative. But it's always the, on a business end. DoorDash is trying to buy Instacart. They're trying to go to Japan. They're trying. They they they've merged with this with this merchant. They're doing this with that merchant. They're trying to. It's like you can't get the app to work, but you're doing all this other things, and I just don't understand it. It's it's a little puzzling, but that's the angle they're going. They're going, and I guess we'll see how it works out. I, I don't think this is going to work out at the end well for them. I think it's I I don't know. I think that like
0: they're just kind of doing these odd experiments because remember a few months ago. Where they didn't have the the payout at all. Like, every order just came in at, like, three bucks or something.
1: Um, you thought it was a payout? Like it, it didn't payout have the
0: tip it. at all, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, a lot of this... You can probably thank or blame Para for a lot of what's going on with DoorDash, you know, um, for better or for worse. Uh, and that, that's kind of the subject for another sermon. But, I don't know, I'm kind of inclined to believe that it's an experiment or a pilot program of some sorts, you know? Yeah. And I do agree with you that, like, of all the gig apps that, you know, I've used... I mean, I remember a time when Instacart was crashing all the time, and they've, it's actually... I mean, well, it's funny, I actually hardly ever use Instacart anymore, but um, it doesn't seem... Like, as I still follow the Facebook and Reddit groups and stuff like that, and like, I haven't heard about an Instacart crash in a long time, so... Um, but yeah, it does seem like DoorDash is having glitches and crashes like once a week now. So anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back in 30 seconds.
1: Are you a DoorDash delivery driver? Would you like to be safer and less stressed while driving and earn more at the same time? The driver's utility helper app allows you to do just that. Create custom filters and its automated system does the work for you, automatically declining unwanted low-paying requests and accepting more profitable requests so you can focus on driving. Visit acceptordecline.com to get started today.
0: I don't know many times I say this, folks, but is they're not, it's not that just that they're paying us the to advertise on the show, but that is a product that I use myself and endorse myself. So if you are a DoorDash driver, if you, and especially if you have an Android phone, if you don't have an Android phone, go on Craigslist, eBay, or the flea market, and I'm sure you can get one <laughs> and, and start using driver's utility helper. It is free, but there is a paid premium version, which is totally worth the money. So, uh, highly recommend that anyway. Moving on with the news. All right. So we just dunked on DoorDash for like a half hour. Now let's dunk on Uber and Lyft. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one is a a little close to my heart here. So this is from CNBC.com. Uber and Lyft rides are more expensive than ever because of a driver shortage. Um, So this came out a few days ago. And I was actually interviewed for this story. And this, you can see that this is a video here. It's about 10 minutes long. And... I am just going to play a quick clip of this and see if you uh, see if anything looks familiar.
1: I think there was an anxiety around that as well. In fact, many drivers switched to food delivery.
0: I was making, I mean, I've driven like 150, 200 miles a day to make like 100, 120 bucks. And then I got turned on to Instacart and DoorDash and Amazon Flex. And I was driving like a quarter of the miles and I was like making 200 bucks a day easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was me same i'm wearing a different shirt but it was the same background that i'm using right now so yeah it was funny because i interviewed with uh, dane from cnbc i think it was like a month ago and uh like that story just came out a few days ago but it's actually kind of old news by our standards because we've we've covered this many times um let me let me just read this story or uh some tidbits from it the cost of a ride from ride-sharing app like Uber or Lyft increased 92% between January and July 2021, according to Rakuten Intelligence. Many riders have also noticed increased waits for times for rides. The main reason is a shortage of drivers. In early 20, July 2021, Uber and Lyft drivers were about 40% 40% below capacity. Man, I felt like I don't know if you're listening to Bill Burr, but whenever he's trying to like read ads, he's always like flubbing it. And like, ah, now I know how hard it is to like just read copy. So. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna. We don't have to really spend too much time on this. We've already covered this at nauseum. Link in the description below if you want to watch the full 10 minute video, which actually I actually highly recommend. I think it's really good. Um, but I just wanted to do, uh, toot my own horn there, because so I got to be on CNBC. And I'm actually, like I said, I'm doing Lyft driving all do all last week and all this week coming up. And I have uh, basically the uh, the background that you see here. Uh, let me show it real quick. Basically, that like as a I I made a sign and it's hung on the back seats of the you know the or it's hung on the back of the two front seats and it says check out my podcast and all that stuff and it, it does spark conversation with some writers and I'll be like yeah I was just on CNBC and they think I'm like bullshitting or something I'm like no <laughs> I'm like go on my Twitter I pinned it there I wish you you can't pin a, like like you can pin a tweet but you can't on Instagram like there's no way to pin like your top. Instagram post or anything, so no, um yeah, so th- how did everybody like seeing me on c n b c
1: um yeah, I think m o Dasher said that guy looks vaguely familiar <laughs> <laughs>
0: I keep on like it's m- I think it's m o from Missouri, but I keep on to say mod Dasher. <laughs> Gary Middleton says, I did some Uber Lyft drives this week. The customer is paying more, but they aren't paying drivers more. That is absolutely true. And I found that – and, like, one of the reasons I'm doing uh, Lyft again is because they said there's a shortage of drivers. And I was like, oh, then I should just be getting one ride after another, knocking them out, you know. And it has been very, very slow. Um, I mean, I should definitely hit my goal of 120 rides by September 15th, but still – um, it is, it, it's just as bad as it was three years ago. So I, I, I think it's, I think it's specific to the Orlando market, but, um, we, we got to get you doing rideshare, like at least just to see what it's like, you know? Who, me? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, for New York, you gotta do a lot of crap. Right? You gotta, you gotta get licenses and all that stuff. You can't just jump oh, yeah. into your car and do rideshare. Oh, really? No.
0: Hmm. Um, Although they didn't mention me here again. Let me show you this. Many drivers switch to food delivery, like Chad Poland's creator. And you know what? This is right before I changed the name of the channel to GigTube. So they keep calling me Chad of Gig Economist. Oh. I got turned on to Instacart and DoorDash. But if you Google Chad of Gig Economist, this channel will come up. I was driving like quarter miles. I was making 200 bucks of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not much to say on that. So let's move on. More Uber and Lyft news. Ooh, and we got a, a touchy, touchy subject here, folks. Uber and Lyft will cover legal fees of drivers sued under new Texas abortion law. So new legislation in Texas bans abortions after six weeks of pregnancy and threatens legal repercussions for those who may help with the procedure, including rideshare drivers. On Friday, Uber and Lyft each said they'll cover legal fees of drivers who are sued for driving passengers to the outlawed healthcare procedures. And then it's mostly just, uh, you know, pandering and... And all that after that, but um, yeah, um, this, this no, I think I'm, that this, and it, see, it, we're it, I know it's a very controversial issue here, and we're not trying to like talk about abortion, <laughs> but um, I'm kind of um, skeptical <clears throat> of these claims because I don't think that, like, first of all, I don't think it's like how is this like enforceable. Like, if you're an Uber and Lyft driver and you give a ride to somebody to Planned Parenthood or whatever, like, first of all, you might not know that they're going there when they get in the car. It might just say 123 Main Street. It might, it, I don't think it's gonna, it might not say clinic or whatever. Yeah. Um. Second of all, it's also possible that, like, it, the woman will tell you to drop him off, like, a block away or that McDonald's across the street or something like that. Can you still get in trouble? And also, like... How are they? I think they have police outside the abortion clinics and like, you know, waving down. Like, because it also has to be like if you're getting abortion over the six week period. I have no idea how this would play out. Uh, it just seems like. So I think it's really. It, I think Uber and Lyft, it's really easy for them to say that they're going to get drivers' backs because the chances of this actually happening, in my opinion, it seems like it's like pretty much unenforceable, and it's never going to happen. So they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we'll pay for your if you get sued. Yeah, we'll we'll get your back, even though because they know it's not going to happen." So yeah, I
1: think <laughs> it's, it's the way to to make drivers feel comfortable of of taking rides and not worrying about where the destination is by saying, "Hey, listen, if something like this were to happen, we will jump in and cover the the cost of whatever." Because at the same time. You, as an uber driver you don't necessarily know what the purpose of why they're going anywhere Doesn't matter if you're going doesn't matter if you're going to clinic or you're going to the doctor you could be going somewhere to, you, you'd be going to <laughs> kill somebody like you can go some you'd be getting an uber ride to go kill someone how would an uber driver know like that's not an accessory to a mm. crime or getting an uber driver to take you to a bank to rob the bank the Uber driver didn't know unless you told, hey, I'm going to rob this bank. You want to help? I mean, like, so I think it's just a way to, to make Uber. They're desperate it, to keep them it around. It's funny.
0: I'm pretty Uber. sure I've seen stories like that where a bank robber took an Uber, <laughs> to, like, as a getaway car. Jamie, pull that up. Where's Jamie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to be uh, with Jamie. <laughs> Probably know, not
1: we, now because uh, how, how it takes a while to get an Uber now. You can't. Like, I, I would say yeah. maybe two, three years ago, yeah. You not in Orlando. No?
0: You can get a you can get an Uber in Orlando, no problem. Trust me, there's one on every block. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, all right. Well, for bank robbers in Orlando, yeah,
0: you know. yeah. Uh, Gary made a, a good point. He said drivers never be in a position to be liable because of passengers' destination. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, unless like you're somehow in on it, you know, like that. I mean, that'd be a, that's like a good conspiracy though. Is that like if you want to get away, driver. And like you could like they could be in on it and just like ha- have like have them be an Uber to and from the bank robbery or whatever crime you're committing, and then if you get pulled over, you just be like oh, I didn't know I'm just I'm just the ride share driver, you know. So, although then like everybody else would get arrested and not you, but I don't know. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I just getting back to the the Texas thing, it just seems like I I, I find it very very difficult to believe that they would. First of all, not that they would enforce that but that they can enforce that it just it seems unenforceable to me, so yeah, let us know what you guys think in the comments below. All right, one more uh uber news here this is pretty this is kind of a light or um I'm gonna call it a funny story. it's just not as serious as the last one <laughs> by any stretch. I remember we talked about this a few weeks ago. So it said, here's what Uber CEO told his team to fix after he spent a weekend working as an Uber Eats driver. And I, I read this whole article and he basically had like one suggestion. One of his biggest suggestions was that Uber needed to offer more specific instructions to couriers delivering food to multi-building apartment complexes where it might be unclear whether building, which building the customer lives in, said Uber chief, blah, blah, blah. Uh, insider granted an enemy, blah, blah, blah. So. As far as I can tell that was the only suggestion that he had. I mean I read this whole article and like that was the only thing that they sp- they highlighted which I agree with because I live in a multi-building apartment complex and trying to explain to drivers how to get here is such a pain. I always say turn at the dumpster, but there's two dumpsters but one of them like one of them is like where you know like there's an intersection and so it's like you can like I always say because I know which entrance they're gonna come in. This one was like turn right at the dumpster. There's another dumpster, but it's like just on like a road, like there's no intersection.
1: Yeah.
0: And I always say turn to the dumpster. And a lot of times I get to the, that other one and they're like, I can't, like there's buildings here. I'm like, okay, we'll keep driving then. And when you see the other one, that's when you turn. And um and actually one uh, I in fact I just used Uber Eats yesterday morning to order uh, IHOP which was way overpriced. price. We can talk about that another time, but um, like you can, there's like a pin that you can move on the map to show exactly which building you're in. Yeah. And the driver still had a hard time finding me. So uh, I will say that of all the apps I work for, Amazon flex has the best maps feature. Like the, it will actually, because I, I, I go, I make deliveries to multi-building apartment complexes all the time. And it doesn't just take you to the gate. It always takes you like right to at least their building. Some, sometimes it'll even show you like depending on how the building is, like where the doors are on the outside of the building. And sometimes they're like, you know, they're in the front or they're on the side or they're in the back. Like the pin will actually show you exactly where in the building their door is. So whatever Amazon's doing is awesome. I, Uber should just license that software or whatever
1: definitely definitely that is the biggest problem that's what we all hate we hate big apartment complexes it's just a pain in the neck to, to deal with mhm
0: all right speaking of amazon well you know what? let's take let's take a quick break we got to pay some bills folks as a you know they like i remember kevin smith always says that on his show all right one more ad Meet Joe. He's a rideshare driver that drives for Uber and Lyft. Joe currently uses multiple phones to efficiently drive for Uber and Lyft. But this can be a pain at times, and very unsafe. That was until Joe found Maximo, the rideshare app that automates Uber and Lyft ride requests. Maximo will use the filters set by Joe, like time, distance, and passenger rating, to determine which rides are best suited for Joe. When a ride request comes in, Joe doesn't need to worry. Maximo will automatically accept the ride request that matches his filters, and then turn off the app that isn't currently on a ride. Once Joe finishes the ride, Maximo will turn everything back on. This will allow Joe to focus more on his passengers and driving safe. All right, so yeah, check out Maximo, and uh, again, it's only available on Android, But and uh, I was talking to Gary, and I think he said he's going to update this commercial eventually, is that it's not just for Uber and Lyft. They also have um, Uber Eats and uh, Grubhub on there now. Uh, So it's basically like what we saw earlier with the driver's utility helper for uh, DoorDash. That is on Maximo now for Uber and uh, – or yeah, Uber Eats and uh, Grubhub. Alright, moving on. Now we got a couple of Amazon stories. We've got another controversial one here, folks. And this is not exactly gig related, but I thought it was because I when it said Amazon driver, I thought Amazon Flex Driver, but it's actually an Amazon, you know, W two employee driving the Amazon van. Or it could be one of those um, you know, um like they have the the, the drivers who do the uh like they, they look like Amazon employees, but they're not. I forget the name of them. But um, So I downloaded this video. I'm just going to play it real quick. It's about two minutes or so.
2: This is all being video recorded. I don't give a A delivery driver for Amazon captured on camera. Now in the spotlight, not for what he drops off, but for what he pulls out and pulls down. I don't give a am I'm afraid. I'm an old guy. I can't run. Will Klopatsky, not shy. Look at his yard outside his home in Parma. Political signs, military flags, and more. Trouble started when one Amazon delivery man didn't like a sign that could be considered racially offensive. And I said, I don't want to discuss this. You know, he's a stranger. I don't give a He just mocked me and called me a
0: coward and held up the packages that he was supposed to deliver. You know, I felt bullied and threatened, so I called
2: 911 and did what the police have advised people to do. On the video, you see Parma police pull up. And Will showed us this isn't the first incident with an Amazon driver. Two other clips show a driver throwing trash and some kind of liquid on the driveway. And I've stuck with it because I'm not going to let these bullies that don't like freedom of speech tell me what to do. After we heard about what happened with those package deliveries and saw what happened, we contacted Amazon. We even sent some of the videos. What does the company have to say? We also contacted police. Amazon released a statement saying hate racism or discrimination have no place in our society and are certainly not tolerated by amazon however the behavior in the video does not reflect the high standards we have for our drivers we will investigate internally and appropriate action will be taken if needed parma police are doing follow-up investigating too we also asked will about signs he knows might provoke people what about those signs they're just uh, signs that represent my Understanding of what's going on in the world.
0: All right, for some reason, the sound cut out right there, but I thought this was an interesting thing to talk about because, you know, like if you know, I'm in Florida and I see houses like this all the time, especially out in the boonies and out by uh, the beach area, like Daytona beach. And I kind of like roll my eyes whenever I see one of these houses, I'm like, "Eh, whatever. And, but I would never like destroy somebody's private property unless they had a sign that said Chad Poland sucks or, Mm -hmm. you know, here's Chad's social security number and address or something like that. You know, Um, I know in New York, you probably do not see houses like this at all, but I don't know. Is there ever an excuse to just, you know, just trash somebody's uh yards? And they never actually it's funny, they actually blurred one of the signs out, but I'm pretty sure it's that one that says uh support our police like the blue lives matter or something like that. So, I don't know. Uh what was your reaction when you saw this?
1: Um of a of a person, the driver being emotionally immature, uh, clearly can't handle people saying things he doesn't agree with um it's a it's a culture that we're breeding that we're we're cultivating as a society of people who can't handle listening or seeing speech that offends like when some people say words cause violence like a lot of the, the rhetoric that people are putting out is the reason why that young man couldn't just deliver the package and move on with his life he had to show that he was he was a hero right he had to do something pulling down the sign and calling an old man a coward like just seems a little silly to me. Um, You should be able to work and not worry about other people's beliefs. Not everyone agrees with you. But the problem is when the social media and news organizations have created a narrative and you subscribe to that narrative, you will react in inappropriate ways because he thinks he's doing a good person. He's a good person. Even look at uh, what Amazon said. We'll take action if needed. They showed a video of someone banalizing property and Amazon had to say if needed, which probably means they're not going to do anything to the drivers. They're probably just going to switch it to somebody else that, you know, can, I guess, handle the job. They're probably going to give them a different route. Um, Yes, Sarah Elizabeth said it, it. You know, vandalism is never the answer. And it's just, you know, we are losing the ability to handle speech that bothers us it was it was supposed to be where if you didn't like something you could just ignore it or or turn a channel or turn down the radio whatever but we yeah. we we're, we're losing that and uh
0: and it's it's going to get worse yeah i think that this is definitely a fireable offense in fact it's it's actually like a crime you know i mean i, I if i was that guy i probably wouldn't like you know press charges uh, you know it's just enough to like if amazon fired that dude but yeah and it's also although let's kind of dunk on this dude for a second here is that you can't have a Gadsden flag that's the yellow one with the snake don't try it on me and have back to blue at the same time these are incompatible things is and especially people who have the, the only thing worse than that and I've seen it here in Florida is people who have come and take it you know with a gun and also you know blue lives matter I'm like who do you think is going to come take your guns? The police. (laughs) And I mean, we can get on a whole rant about that is it's funny because like, I'm personally kind of caught between, you know, like black lives matter and back to blue and all that stuff. And, um, as much as I, I really do not like the institution of police. Um, you know, I think we need to, well, we can, we can get off on a whole subject on that, but I recommend uh, check out my friend, Pete Quinone's, uh, podcast it's called free man beyond the wall and he's he's done a great job uh covering police and uh and and these kind of things like that so um yeah and you know and i see ridiculous signs in people's yards and on people's houses all the time and like i said i would never vandalize something like in fact i you know like even like especially post-covid is that or even pre-covid like i would go i would deliver to this house and i'd be kind of like nervous that like somebody is gonna want to like start a political discussion of me just like, like doing Instacart, you know, or like even dropping off Amazon, um, you know, uh, like, Hey, who are you voting for or something? Like, thankfully that's never happened to me. It, I, I don't know. You're yeah. in New York and there's a lot of, you know, people tend to be really, uh, you know uh,
1: they assume that i'm a big uh liberal like i'm a big lefty so they'll just say something and i'll just usually just move on i'll just nod (laughs) and like oh yeah sure and then move on (laughs) i don't care i don't know you don't really care about what you believe in i just keep up moving and go like i'll have conversations even in sometimes in family's house where they'll just talk about you know the play of the black man and we gotta do something i'll be nodding while i'm eating my cold salad (laughs) my my coleslaw yeah 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 that's that's all great yeah yeah. Why am I? You know, I talk. You know, I need, like I said, I need a a real conversation with someone, like two two hour conversation. You know, small talk about political beliefs. I no, I don't do that.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, we have some. Uh, we have another news story about Amazon. But this is actually good news, as long as you're, uh, you know, well, maybe not if you're not Ned Flanders, it should be good news to you. So. <laughs> Uh, let's see Amazon answered a delivery driver shortage pot smokers this is from the Los Angeles Times Amazon has a solution for potentially crippling shortage of delivery drivers recruits pot smokers the company is advising its delivery partners the mom and pops that operate the ubiquitous blue Amazon this is what I was talking about uh, that they don't scream applicants for marijuana use Uh, doing so can boost the number of job applicants by as much as 400% Uh, conversely, the company says screening for marijuana cuts the prospective worker pool by up to 30%. So it looks like they're going to stop, uh, like, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, in the last 10 years, I've always had to take, um, a P test for any kind of W2 job that I've had. It's never been a problem for me. It's nice that now that Amazon, and especially like with so many states, like even here in Florida, we have medicinal marijuana now, um it it always kind of seems dumb that like if pot even though it's you know a schedule 1 drug and technically illegal at the federal level you know a lot of states are decriminalizing it it's like there's really no reason to test for that i mean i've seen potheads in like every w2 job i've ever had and they can still get the job done they don't they're not dumb enough to come to work high and if they're if they are you know then they're they're getting the boot so um I don't know. What do you think? Should uh, Amazon stop screening for THC?
1: Uh, of course. They they need, they need labor. And I think a lot of uh, employers are looking to lower, which is kind of weird, lower standards. And I'm not even talking about uh, marijuana, but I think, I forgot what the employees were, where they're no longer looking for a high school diploma. Whereas these companies are so desperate for work, they're, they're looking to get anyone, anyone that's interested in working. And, you know, the the weed thing, yeah, definitely should have been uh, asked a long time ago. I, 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 you know, yes, we know plenty of people who who are high on weed who are not motivated and they suck. But we also, I know very high achieving people that get you know, that you, you know get high like everyone else responsibly. They're not like mm-hmm. you said going to working, you know. So yeah, it's something that should have been done with a long time ago.
0: Yeah, totally agree. All right, we got another news story here. We got a lot of news tonight, actually, folks. I guess I'm better at Googling news uh, now. Uh, so this is from restaurantdive.com. California bill would allow restaurants to set menu prices on delivery platforms. So this this name might sound familiar to you. Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez uh, sent AB-286, a bill that would require food delivery companies to provide customers and restaurants with itemized cost breakdowns of third-party fees and commissions charged on each transition, transaction to California Governor Gavin Newsom's desk for consideration. Uh, AB 20, 286 would also allow restaurants to set the price of food and drink sold through delivery aggregators. The proposed legislation comes as consumer restaurant and government pushback against third-party delivery platforms grows. Earlier this week, or as we covered on the show last week, Chicago sued Grubhub and DoorDash claiming their business practices are unfair and harm restaurants and mislead consumers. So if I'm reading this right, it sounds like a law that was already passed. Like, and it said it's on the government's desk. See, it says for consideration, which I don't, I don't like, so that they, I wish Steve was here. Cause he'd probably be on top of this. Um, if anybody in California knows what's going on with this, it L- Lorena Gonzalez is the lady behind AB five. And she really does not like the gig apps as far as I can tell. So, and I, this seems to be a solution in search of a problem. You know, because, like, it's, like, saying full transparency of the uh, food and drink prices and all that stuff. And this kind of reminds me of, like, 10, 15 years ago when, I don't think it was ever a state or a national thing. It seemed to be city by city, where they were making, like, McDonald's and Burger King and all those places put the calorie counts, like, right on the menu. Yeah. You know, this is sort of like that in that it's just trying to be, like what it's funny like that they'll do that transparency but okay how about having doordash you know give us the the full tip transparency where's the uh where's the ab 287 on that you know <laughs> come on lorena yeah, yeah. gonzalez um i don't know so i mean i don't know what do you think is this is this gonna do anything or is it just this lady on another uh, t- you know one of her uh, moral
1: crusades and I know she's not a big fan of Elon Musk, but I think Elon left, so I guess he he, he don't have to deal with this. Um I mean, I, I guess like I said, it's it's something that's supposed to be well intended, but it may it may turn around and a customer what will happen? A customer will decide, okay, these costs are too ridiculous. I'm not going to order the food. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's one of the things I can I can see. Um I, I, I mean I like transparency, man. I don't know. I, 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 the More I talk to people, the more I, I have a feeling that a lot of, and I'm talking about people in the you know gig industry that they want more um uh, government uh, regulation on these companies. And I'm still thinking I'm mm-hmm. sitting back like I don't know if this is a good idea. This is gonna this may make things worse, but um, they're they're still so shady that it's like I guess it's going to happen, whether they like it or not. The government is going to regulate a lot of what they do and how they interact with the, with the businesses of the merchants and how they deal with, you know, us independent contractors. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think there's more of the story than what restaurant dive is, is, uh, is covering. So I'll see if I can find like a better uh, source on this, but uh, I have a feeling we will be talking about this story again. All right. So let's, let's move on. Uh, this is our last serious story of the day, folks. All right, so this is from bizjournals.com. How this on-demand app is connecting young adults in Charlotte—shout out to Bentley Coop or Uncle Ben, as you call him—with <laughs> yep. gig jobs. So it's called Petty Gigs, and it's basically Task Rabbit for teenagers. And I'm just going to kind of uh, go over this real quick. Oops, helpful if I show the screen here. Here we go, Petty Gigs. Uh, co-founded in 2019 by William Ward and Aloys Man- is a mobile platform that provides on-demand work opportunity for teens and young adults looking to make money doing everyday tasks like lawn care, home maintenance tasks, and errands. Uh, and I know it said like it can, you know, you can, let's see, it launched in June, currently has about 350 users, 50 of which are gig seekers. Most of the users are based in Charlotte. Uh, long-term goal is to integrate savings and investment opportunities into the platform. And it's basically like again, you can you can you can read this if you want, folks. But um, it's like task rabbit for kids, you know. It, I don't know if you ever did this, but when I was a kid, I cut people's lawns for like I don't know ten or twenty bucks, and in the winter, uh, shoveled driveways and stuff like that. And that was way 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 before smartphones and all that. It just basically went door to door. And said, "Hey, you need a lawn lawn mode, Hey, you need your driveway shoveled." Yeah. And now, that, now that is on an app, and it seems to be, as far as I can tell, just in one city. But it's a start. That's interesting. Anything that gets and then the problem is that when you have it as an app, and really, I hate to say this, but I think this kind of stuff should be under the table. Um, yeah, not paying taxes on it and stuff. But it's also for regulations, and I don't know. I think that. If you're getting kids involved into actual labor, and especially when you're having it as an app, it seems like there's a lot of liability involved, you know, especially like with well, I mean, I thought lawn mowing is really dangerous, but um I don't know. So, is this uh is this a nice uh uplifting story or but
1: Yeah, I I I mean, getting young people to you know, make money. A lot of young people would like to make money. If I guess that the opportunities were more accessible, you know, like you said, you, we do miss that old school. You know, you you leave your house. You know, you have to. You know, if it just snowed, get your shovel, get your friends together, and walk to each house and ask, "Hey, do you need the, your you know your, your stuff shoveled?" But you still need that kind of level of just go out there and go get it mentality. But if there's an app that can kind of get people to get young people to take on responsibilities, take on some kind of opportunities, make some money, not bother their parents every five minutes asking for money. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Of course the, you know, company's going to take their cut. And then usually what, you know, what I do, you know, even with the gig apps I use is, you know, you, you develop a relationship with the client and then you say, Hey, you, Hey, we've moved on to private, you know, like Venmo or cash app, you know, you You pay less. I don't have to pay taxes. It's a win-win here, so I definitely think it's a good idea. I can't hear you. I was talking on mute,
0: my, uh, trying to, oh. trying to s- cut down on noise and it backfired. So
1: yeah, it's okay.
0: It's funny. You're pointing at yourself because I was saying, I couldn't remember if it was you or Nugs that said this, but a lot of, uh, McDonald's and, and other places say that they're higher 14 and 15 year olds now. Yes. And I, I couldn't really find a news story about that, but it just seems something that we've all been noticing. Uh, yeah, unmute your mic. We can't hear you. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to cut out the noise here. Okay. They're like, Yeah, the noise is you talking. <laughs> um Alright, so l- let's move on. We got a couple of our uh actually I don't really have any f- I only have like one funny story this whole time. It's just kind of lighter news. So uh we might might get out of here a little early tonight. So this is from deadline.com. I guess it's like a Hollywood type. Breaking Hollywood news since two thousand six. Not Hollywoodpoop shoot.com. Super Pumps, John Bass Bass, joins Showtime series about Uber from Billions co-creators. So this, uh, let's see, Uh, the installment, which is based on Mike Isaac's best-selling book, Super Pump, The Battle for Uber, tells the story of the ride-sharing company that stands out as both a Marvel and a cautionary tale, featuring internal and external battles that ripple with unpredictable consequences. Pivoting on Travis Kalanick, who is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Uber's hard-driving CEO, who ultimately was ousted in a boardroom coup. The series will depict the roller coaster ride of Upstart Transportation Company embodying the highs and lows of Silicon Valley. Bass will play Garrett Camp, the man with the original billion-dollar idea for Uber. I don't have cable, and I've, even when I did, I never had um, Showtime. But this actually kind of looks like a series that I would consider watching.
1: Well, there's there's ways to get that uh show chat. I'll talk to you later about that off the interwebs. But um yeah, it looks pretty interesting. I, I may I may check it out. I was gonna suggest that maybe we do like a review of each episode, but you don't have any way to watch it, so if they put it on Hulu or Amazon or something like that. Well you can get you can get an add on to Hulu that has like showtime, but that's extra money, so it's like an extra mm. fifteen bucks, or probably ten dollars. I forgot. Or maybe when the
0: whole show completes its run, or maybe at the end of the season, like it'll be available on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Prime, something like that, or HBO Max. Which actually, I thought about getting. It's only ten bucks a month, or Paramount Plus. You know, so many. Somebody- it's funny cuz uh, somebody was saying like man there's so many all these uh streaming services now somebody should just put them all together as one package and if somebody <laughs> and they're like yeah that's called cable tv.
1: <laughs> yeah we we all left we all left right. Mhm.
0: So yeah that sounds, that sounds interesting. I guess it comes out this fall. Uh let's move on. Here's a a quick little funny story. It's from the sun from the UK. People are cracking up over how a delivery driver has edited a customer's body. Can you see what he's done? Yeah, it's called third grade quality photoshopping. See the, uh, how they pulled the rump out here? It's a, it's really, uh, kind of, a, a, sorry if you're listening to this on the audio podcast. By the way, this show is now available as an audio podcast and all podcast, uh, networks, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, uh, Overcast, Amazon, Audible, you name it. We're on there now. Anyway, so a delivery driver took a picture of the guy grabbing his food. And then like he f- did a really hack photo job of his butt. And he said, and he actually texted the dude and said, your order was dropped off. Please refer to this photo to see where you was left. And he, the dude wrote, made your butt bigger, LOL. Uh, the chap called Chris received photographic evidence of his delivery from a DoorDash staff member. We're well, not staff members. Well, maybe in UK they are. And amused to see the staff member... I keep saying staff member. <laughs> staff member is like somebody who works at the corporate office or something, or I don't know. Yeah. He wrote, never using DoorDash again, WTF. The driver fessed up writing, Uh people are cracking up on Twitter. They gave you the Grinch booty. Bro, DoorDash always making a fool of me. So, I mean, I don't know. Was that funny?
1: Nah. Yeah. I've seen it a few times. I. It was okay. It was kind of like a little chuck. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah. It's funny enough to like look at it like on Twitter or Instagram or something and be like but I wouldn't like hang on that for like minutes at a time. No. It's very it sounds like something a kid would do or
1: I would not share it to someone. I would look at it I'm like eh but I wouldn't share it to someone and think this is hilarious. You got
0: yeah, You, you got to be like either have like way higher quality or just do something like way more original than that. So All right, we got one last story then we can get on to our uh our top five of the week, which is going to hopefully be a new installment for now. All right. So this is from Jalopnik. You can order NASCAR track food on DoorDash now, and it's extremely cursed, which I guess this curse word is a word that uh, I just discovered. Why well, does everything have to have pimento cheese and pepper relish? You can see all these uh, hot dogs here. So it says in most cases, racetrack food is not a delicacy to be sought after. It's a necessity engendered by harsh track rules about what you can or not cannot bring through the gates, blah blah blah. Basically, NASCAR developed one of the third one of those weird ghost kitchens that have become so popular. The restaurants that now have a physical do not have a physical location, where many chefs chefs really chefs may share the same kitchen to make food specifically to be ordered. That's pretty much what NASCAR is on here. There's no brick and mortar re- refuel restaurant. These are just strange kitchens that will deliver food that has been pulled from the menus of NASCAR or own tracks around the country. So it's again, if you look at the pictures, Daytona Firecracker Dog, Lap Dog, and just like all these crazy hot dogs, which is making me hungry just looking at it. Um, you know, and, and it's kind of going on the the ghost kitchen thing again. Is that it's kind of an interesting idea of like these crazy food things that you can only get at like a NASCAR track, and I don't know if, like, DoorDash had the idea or the NASCAR had the idea to, like, hey, let's just open a ghost kitchen and then people can order it on a Tuesday at 2 o'clock, you know? Yeah. So um, that that inspired me to uh, come up with a list of top five favorite – or top five best um, ballpark slash sports arena food and drinks. So – I went first last week. Why don't you go first this week? Give me your top five. And, and this is like calories and price are no option. Like obviously you wouldn't buy this every time you went to a game. But just, you know, things well, you that def- you like. You
1: definitely go to more games than I do. But I guess in terms of my top, I guess I'm going to go with number. Actually, I'm going to go where I did not put on the list. Uh, Nachos. Not a big fan of Nachos actually in general um they seem like they work Blastly. well yeah but <laughs> it just the, the the chip gets too soggy too quickly it'll seem like it's something you have to eat really fast to really get it it just becomes like a big slop of kajil cheese and me and i'm mm. not a big fan i love chips but i just don't like nachos so like my number five i put I put tacos. I do like a nice set of tacos when I'm, when, you know, it's easy. It's quick to eat. You don't have to worry about them being messy a little bit. I like tacos whenever they are at a dog park or at a, a game arena whatever. Um, the fourth one, I put a burger and it's kind of low, but I, it's kind of a lot of, a lot going on when you're eating a burger. I, I really mm-hmm. can't focus on the game. If I'm saying I'm enjoying a burger, so I'm not focusing the game. So it's not really a great fit for me. Um, third i like a nice slice of pizza um usually pizzas are not great um but it depends on like if you go to a uh, arena that actually has like you know your establishment kind of pizza joints it's always good to have that um all right so this is not this is not a food but mm-hmm. um, at Yankee Stadium, they have the best milkshakes. So that's my second one. It's not food, but I love a good milkshake out of
0: yeah. Out well, of that, it can be food. It can be. I said food and drink. So yeah. And um,
1: there's one they have at Yankee Stadium. It's they kind of like it's a a McFlurry on steroids. It's big, giant thing. You can put anything in it: M and M's, chocolate, whatever. Got the whipped cream. It's costs fourteen, fifteen dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's expensive you know it's new york it's, it's yankees you have to pay those, those players all that money so you have to spend 15 on a milkshake but it tastes fantastic and then you are know number one i, I talk about it all the time we have discussed this on here hot dog and french fries i'm putting it together mm-hmm. i love um a nice especially you know yankee stadium you know hot a uh, uh, hot dog french fries you, you can't beat it all that lovely carbs, um, you know, two hot dogs, maybe a nice basket of fries. That's that's my thing. Mm-hmm.
0: By the way, Sarah Elizabeth, what did you, you? She said I would turn this picture into my thumbnail. I wonder if she was talking about the hot dogs. I think I think let, so. <laughs> let, let us know. Um, yeah, I I agree with some of your list. You missed uh, actually. We, I think we only had one thing overlap. So my list is a lot different than yours.
1: Okay, good, good, good.
0: All right, so I don't and I didn't really put these in order. All right. So, let's go. Um uh, I'm going to number 5. I'm going to I put just hot dogs. So, I'm going to agree with you. Like just regular. I've been going to baseball games, hockey games, whatever since I was a kid, and there's just something about that smell of the the ballpark hot dog and like in the steaming water. You're seeing those guys that walk around with those big huge like steamers on their shoulder. Yeah. Just a hot dog just ketchup and mustard on a bun. That's all you need. Perfect. It, it, yeah. yeah, it hits. It it's oh, the big booty pick. That's what she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, and I was gonna put fries, but I don't know. It's like you get fries anywhere. It's 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 the it's the hot dog. Yeah. Uh, number four. I'm gonna go nachos. I had that on my list. I I I do like the the ballpark, sports arena hot dog or um. Nachos, nachos, yeah. Well, I like the hot dog too, Um, but I also I kind of like when it gets coagulated and like you pull one chip and like they all like they all melted together. (laughs) I never cared for the jalapenos though. Whenever I would get nachos, I would say like no jalapenos, even though like I kind of like spicy food, but I don't I don't want to eat like the. Jalapenos out of a jar or whatever. Do you they
1: think are. they like they they kind of just distract from the rest of the experience? Yeah, the, 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 yeah. I just I, wanted I the cheese, saying, yeah. unless yeah.
0: like maybe it has like um, um, uh, ground beef or something like that on it. But yeah, I can definitely kill a thing at nachos, no problem. <laughs> All right, number three, twenty-four ounce beer. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter what beer it is. It's just a nice, real tall boy, and actually. They used to do this here in Orlando at Orlando City Games last year. You get a 24 ounce can of Yingling for I think it was like ten bucks. 24 ounces, man. It's basically two beers, ten bucks. I, I got to move. Not man. bad.
1: You go to the Barclays yeah. Center, in downtown <clears throat> Brooklyn. Regular can. What's your regular size can? Like, well, like, a, you, like you're, a you're good with this. This
0: this is a 16 ounce. They'll so sell most, those. Most beers are 12 ounces,
1: but they'll sell those that those tall. They'll sell it for at least sixteen dollars. Like, yeah. At, well, you know Center.
0: At Orlando, they they went from twenty four ounce Yinglings to sixteen ounce, mm. and I think they 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 increased the the price from ten dollars to eleven dollars. <laughs> so I got to move. Although on. it's also like with the with the beer is that you got to drink it fast, especially if you're at a baseball stadium in the summer in July. You don't want you don't want your Yingling or your Miller light or whatever it is to get warm. And, like, actually, at the ballpark is, like, pretty much the only place where, like, I'm not, like, a beer snob, you know? It's, like, I just want something cold and refreshing. And I remember, like, way back when I lived in Virginia Beach when I was in the Navy, uh, we used to go to the, the Norfolk Tides, which is, like, the Mets AAA affiliate. And you could get – I think it was a 24-ounce cup, which is even bigger than this class. Yeah. You get a 24-ounce cup of Ice House for six bucks. And we used to go and get just shit faced on that. Basically. <laughs> yeah. It was it was great. And like Ice House is like pretty low quality uh beer.
1: But it but, gets the job done though.
0: Yeah. I mean, so I just always like a good a cheap cold beer at a ball game. Um uh you know, I'm not gonna say no to that. All right, moving on. Sorry I rambled about beer for all that time. You're a big guy. Uh, for dessert. I got two desserts here. It's kind of a toss up. I don't know which one I like better. Um this all right. So I'm going to go ice cream and one of those plastic baseball helmets like an ice cream sundae. Mm. We used to get those all the time when I was a kid. Like in like we would actually collect them. I had this huge collection at one point when I was a kid of like every single baseball team like these plastic ice cream helmets that we used to get from going to minor league baseball. Like we used to go like every Saturday cuz it was like 5 bucks a ticket or something. You know, I mean, this is back in the '80s or something, but still, um, I still and like, I mean, some stadiums you can still get them. I mean, mostly now it's just kind of like twisty cones, you know. With the... Uh, I do like a good uh, chocolate and vanilla twisty cone, but I, something about that little plastic hat—I don't—I don't know what it is, but I always love that. And number one, there's two names for this, but I always called it fried dough. Some people call it funnel cake. I mean, it is just. It's fried it's fried dough. It's 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 fried dough with powder. So it's just like this big huge flat um like donut thing with powdered sugar on it. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, 10 million calories, just like all sugar, all um I think it, know, it was
1: it's definitely something that as a kid you can eat and and won't feel it. But like yeah. as an adult, you eat it like uh
0: Man, I haven't had fried dough in a long time, or foam. Let us know in the comments if you call it fried dough or fun.
1: The last cake. time I had it was at Six Flags. It was, yeah, it was like an amusement park, something like that, in the middle of the heat. But yeah, yeah. it does taste delicious, though. You yeah, do, something about the that.
0: smell of it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, now, now I'm hungry. I
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> I had. Uh, I had. Uh, they have a. Uh, you ever had the Beyond Burgers, the uh, vegan, uh, faux hamburgers? No, it's kind of like Impossible Burger at Burger King. You
1: know, I'm into real meat, Chad.
0: Oh, uh, well, I they have a Bogo at Publix this week, and whenever they're Bogo, um, I'll buy them because you know they're pretty good. But they're only worth it if they're Bogo. I won't pay full price for them. <laughs> By the way, uh, Gary Milton said funnel cake. Yeah, man. I don't know. I always say fried dough because it just gets right to the point. That's what it is. It's fried dough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so um. I know you had uh, Roy, Will Be Roy, on your show. I was listening to that while I was taking a walk today. Yep. And that's, I got, I was right, I was on my way home. There's a, a house right next to the apartment complex where I live. And this little freaking dog, like, like this big, like a, I'm not sure the breed. I think it's some kind of terrier or schnauzer. It's kind of like a long haired, shaggy type. Yeah. Like I I'm just walking that. and like this dog comes up from behind me and just chomps down on my calf and like hurt like hell. And uh, I, I, I texted. It's funny. I texted Hannibal because he works with dogs, and I texted my sister who's a nurse at the same time. I'm like, well, my sister will know what to do because she's a nurse, and Hannibal will know what to do because he works around dogs. I was like, should I go to the hospital? <laughs> and Hannibal wrote me back like half hour before my sister did.
1: <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell you last time I bit, got bit by a dog.
0: I, I meant to talk about this like a month or two ago. I was doing an Amazon delivery and like a big, huge, I don't know if it was a pit bull, but it was a big dog. Like I'm going to, like, I could see like the door, like the screen door wasn't closed all the way. And like this big dog starts coming out towards me. And I'm like, I'm trying to like put the package down on the floor and starts jumping up on me. And it was like, kind of scratch <laughs> me a little. And like the lady come, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, 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 hey. Like he didn't bite me, but I was getting really pissed, and the lady comes out. She's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you were my husband. Oh, I'm so sorry." So I'm, I, I had to do a, a show about that. Like, I mean, that in this line of work is that you do get. Uh, I never realized until I became an Instacart uh, shopper is that like like it seems like 50 percent of Americans have dogs as pets. I can't believe it.
1: Yeah, it's a popular animal.
0: Yeah, I thought it'd be like you know. 25% or something but it seems like half of all people have dogs as pets
1: yeah I know you're a cat guy <laughs>
0: yeah I know Leo was uh, wanting to jump up here you don't need for another 38 minutes bud so oh. anyway um, yeah so uh, what's what do you got planned for this week coming up
1: Uh, right now I don't think I got actually Tanner hit me up I think he wants to go live tomorrow so I don't know what time that's going to happen I guess some Labor Day live streaming.
0: Oh yeah, and it's funny, Tanner actually texted me today, and he said I'm driving through Orlando. Let me see if I can bring up the uh, the picture without revealing anything today, because he was in uh, in uh, down by Miami doing his show. Whoops. All right, so okay, I can get this. All right, so he was down, you know, here by Miami. Yeah. And he's driving up to uh, Bush Gardens in Tampa, which is actually not too far from Pavel and Gig Mom and uh, Sarah. And he's like, "I'm gonna be a little," he said, "a little south of Orlando," and like the the like the like right here where that big, oops, uh, ninety one sign is, like that's like the closest he's gonna be to Orlando, and that's like a two hour drive for me. And you can see it towards the top there where it says Sanford. Yeah, yeah. that's where I am. So I was like, "Oh man, you're still like two hours away That's from where I am." So that that is but far. I am I am gonna definitely at some point because I know he's gonna be in Tampa for a while. Um, and in fact, it would be cool if like me, Pavel, Sarah, um, Mom, Tony, like if we all went to see a show at the same time, and maybe we could do like some kind of crossover while we're there. Like we could all uh, like go out and see who can make the most amount of money in like a few hours or something like that. <laughs> Holly Camp said, I'm in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of Sarasota, I'm going to make another separate video about this. So, like I said, I was doing uh, Uber and Lyft driving, or just Lyft driving. And I was in, like, between Orlando and Kissimmee, um, Friday? Yeah, Friday. And it's funny. I dropped this lady off at, like, this, you know, kind of, like, one of those cheap hotels where people actually live. And I drop her off, and then, like, I get another ride request from the exact same hotel, just, like, on the other side. So all I have to do is just drive around. And so I get to there, and the guy starts – like, I hit arrive, and the guy starts loading all this crap in my my car. And, like, you can – once you hit arrive, you can look on the app and see where the person is going. So I start zooming out to see where they're going, and I see, that the line is going southwest. And I want to go north northeast. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And, like, at first I thought it was just going like, Disney World. And I keep zooming out. And, like, it's going, like, way over. Like, it's going all the way to Sarasota, which is on the Gulf Coast of um, of Florida. It's, like, it's south of Tampa. And I'm like, dude, you're going to Sarasota? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going there. And he starts flipping out, yelling at me, like, why'd you take that ride then? I'm like, because Lyft doesn't tell us where you're going until we show up. <laughs> And I felt, like, so compelled to, like, to defend my position. Like, like, why are you blaming me? I don't know where you're going until I get here. Well, how you long were you
1: driving before you told, you said, you know.
0: Oh, I, this is, like, towards the end of the day. I'm trying to get rides going home. And, yeah. I mean, I this would be a good brat of the day for UDM. But, you know, like, yes, I should have turned on destination mode. But, like, as soon as that happened, then I turned destination mode on. And, like, I was only trying to get rides going back to my house. Um so, I kind of felt bad for the dude because he like it was like a probably a two hour drive, probably like a hundred miles or something like that. And but I don't, I, I I'm like, I, I well I didn't say this to him, but I probably could have been like, that's gonna you know that's like an entire tank of gas. Are you gonna fill up my gas tank? You know, are you gonna give me like a fifty dollar cash tip? Otherwise, this, that's totally not worth it. Yeah. Or I mean. like, I guess I could have called. Uh, uh Tony or Sarah or Pablo and be like, Hey, can I just crash at your house tonight? You know?
1: <laughs> so oh, I hear that.
0: Holly Camp says, uh guess I'm going to have to start making videos to be part of the Florida crew for real. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I don't know if you can ever have enough gig tubers, you know. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, I mean I watch it. So all right. I guess that seems like a good place to end. You got anything
1: that you wanna promote um yeah I, like i said i may do something tomorrow uh, i don't know but i'll let you guys know and I, you know i'm still reaching out to different gig tubers and see if they would like to talk to me you know uh sometime next week or whatever so you just keep you know keep it locked on my channel i'm always doing something mm-hmm.
0: gary said uh you can negotiate with them you don't have to take a full trip when i get long trips I always negotiate a tank of gas I, I try but yeah but that's if you're picking somebody up in the suburbs not at the uh, the Imperial motel or whatever you know um, and I, I offered I'm like I can take it like Disney or and he's like no I want to go all the way I'm not I'm not gonna try to find another driver out there so yeah that sucked all right so by the way um uh, if you're not following like you should be following me on Twitter Instagram uh facebook i have been tweeting all these news stories like pretty much every morning when i wake up i have my google alerts i'm just going through the gig news of the day and like i'll I'll tweet it out and then i'll share it on facebook so if you want to keep up like i will get the gig news to you you don't have to do what i do you know um so follow me on twitter and facebook if you want to get gig news i'm also thinking about doing like a nightly like one minute like news minute of like here's a gig news happened today and uh yeah, that's about it. So, uh, and I I will be uh, working Lyft exclusively all next week, trying to get that eighteen hundred bucks. So, good luck. Yep. All right. So go check out Hannibal. Links to his stuff in the description below. And again, check out the audio podcast. Or if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, uh, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, um, and you want to see what we look like, well, go to youtube.com/slash/gigtube and. We're live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, this coming uh, Wednesday at 8, I have uh, Ron from Entree Courier. He's more like he has a podcast, and he's more on uh, Twitter, Um, not so much any other platform. But he's pretty cool. He's really wise. So uh, check that out on Wednesday. All right. So we we need like a sign off on here. Think of any catchphrases or anything.
1: No. Uh,
0: Oh, have a good night. No,
1: that's that's what that's for my
0: <laughs> stay gigging. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think of something. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I always say, if you watch all the way to the end, you're awesome. So that's a good. All one. right. All right. We'll see you Wednesday. all right yeah, guys. Bye.